live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hello and welcome. Happy Friday, baby. What a gorgeous Chamber of Commerce day it is this September 30th, the year 2022. Man, what a gorgeous day. Got to be honest with you. Wish I was outside in it. Wish I had a golf club in my hand, to be brutally honest with you. Just having a good time soaking up this mother nature. But as they say in showbiz, the show must go on. And we will for the next two hours. We'll try to inform and entertain with a little Football Friday edition with my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere known to mankind and beyond on 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area near a television set, well, you can uh, join us because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, for so long, um, since in the 15 seasons, from 2006 to 2020, the New Orleans Saints started a total of five quarterbacks. Five quarterbacks in those 15 seasons with Drew Brees starting 95% of those 240 games. He played in 228 of them, started. Well, it's uh, assuming, and it sure looks that Andy Dalton will start this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. The, The Saints will be starting their fifth different quarterback in the last 14 games. So think about that. In 15 seasons with Drew Brees there, The Saints had started a total of five quarterbacks in 15 seasons. Sunday, when Andy Dalton starts, it'll be their fifth different quarterback in the last 14 games. That's crazy. Out Sunday for the Saints, Michael Thomas with a foot, Andrus Pete and Marcus May. Jameis Winston listed as doubtful. Alvin Kamara, Jarvis Landry listed as questionable. Everybody else is uh, is good to go. And after what we saw last night, why would you put Jameis Winston in the game um, as Tua Tagovailoa uh, suffered head and neck injuries on a sack in the second quarter? Um, this coming four days after... He suffered what he called a back injury, but it sure looked to me like it was something more than that. Um, Bengals defensive tackle Josh Tupou 
with 5.43 remaining in the second quarter, sacked and slammed Tagatua to the turf. He stayed on the turf motionless. His fingers were disjointed in what was a scary scene. Some 10 minutes later, Tua was carted off the field on a stretcher, and he did not return. He was taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center with head and neck injuries, but he did have movement in all of his extremities, and apparently he is in good spirits today. Um, what happens from here on out, your guess is as good as mine. But we wish Tua the very, very best because um, that's a scary, scary situation. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Um, Brian Kelly yesterday said that uh, the best running back LSU's had to date, Armani Goodwin, will miss this week's game with a substantial hamstring injury. The use of the word substantial certainly gives me the inclination that he's going to, Goodwin's going to be out for more than a week. He leads LSU in touchdowns and has more rushing yards than anyone other than Jaden Daniels. So now LSU's going to have to rely even more on Noah Kane, John Emery, and Josh Williams as they try to figure out um, what they're going to do with their running game. So uh, we shall see. Um, one thing's for sure, uh, LSU and their um, running back room, uh, their wide receiver room, excuse me, uh, always thought of very, very highly. They've had uh, a lot of kids that they have um, sent to the NFL. Right, lots of them, and sometimes when you have that many, sometimes players enter the transfer portal and go from there. One of those players, Corey Moore, Corey Moore is now a receiver with the Auburn Tigers. And on a radio interview this week, he had some interesting words to say about the LSU wide receiver room and Kayshawn Booty. Listen up. Um, LSU has done a really good job with, you know, with what, re recruiting wide receivers over the last few years. I, I don't think that's debatable. Uh, the receivers that have come out of that program have been incredible. So when you came over, there was a feeling, hey, this guy could be they – might, they might be crowded there. So when you made the decision – was it just about, like, what, what drove you to make this decision to transfer and jump into the portal? Was it just too many guys at the same position? Uh, or, it, like, what it, was it? It wasn't man, about that. In my opinion, um, like, I ain't trying to be cocky. And I was the best receiver in that room. Mm. Uh, okay, I now that's – that. listen, because Kayshawn is he's nice. Oh, no, I know. And and I'm better than him, for sure, for sure. My God. Ooh, for show, for show. Well, um, Corey Moore, you will have your opportunity to prove that come Saturday around 6 o'clock. Hmm, interesting. Uh, the Raging Cajuns have dropped two straight games, falling at Rice and at Louisiana Monroe, something the program hasn't done since the end of the 2018 season. Uh, is it going to be three consecutive losses as UL hosts South Alabama for homecoming at 4 o'clock at Cajun Field in what is uh, simply a critical West Division showdown. Um, the Jags 
could very well be undefeated. They let a road game at UCLA get away from them, falling 32-31 two weeks ago. Last week, boy, the Jags handled Louisiana Tech 38-14. to I think this is the best team that the Raging Cajuns will have faced today. Um, so it's going to take a complete game across the board for the Cajuns. They need to cut down on penalties. They've averaged more than 70 penalty yards per game. They've got to sustain drives on offense. They've got to get off the field on third down defensively. Um, so lots of things have to take place. Um, and Rice exposed UL secondary. ULM hit a couple of big plays over the middle as well. And now South Alabama comes to town with one heck of a quarterback. And the Jags have three receivers that have more than 100 yards receiving with Jalen Wayne, Colin Lacey, and Devin Boisson. Um, So the secondary is going to have to be on their P's and Q's to say the least. We'll have uh, all the conversations on all the games with you today. Our guest list, Corey Diaz, who covers high school football and the Cajuns for the USA Today Network and the Daily Advertiser. Corey will join us here in just a few minutes. We'll go um, to Auburn, Alabama, one of the most respected uh, writers uh, for a long, long time, Kevin Skarbinski from AL.com. He'll tell us about uh, what's going on with Auburn, and he'll give us his thoughts on the Tigers of LSU and the Tigers of Auburn on the Plains. George Faust will join us in hour number two, give his thoughts on the Raging Cajuns in a big game, and then the terrific trio of George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will pick a plethora of games. There's some really good college football games this weekend, particularly in the SEC. So we'll get to all of that on this Football Friday. Meanwhile, it's time to kill two birds with one stone, help a good cause, and do some early holiday shopping. The Opelousa St. Landry Rotary Club auction will be held on Tuesday at KDCG, Channel 50.2 over air, Cox 9, Charter 11, LUS 22. The auction begins at 6 p.m. and viewers can bid on a variety of items, including gift cards, vacation packages, sporting goods, home decor, memorabilia, and much more. All proceeds go to worthy causes and items can go for pennies on the dollar. So make sure to tune in for the Opelousa's St. Landry Rotary Club auction on Tuesday on KDCG. All right, 12 minutes after the hour, we'll take our first time out of the day. We'll talk high school football in the Acadiana Lake Charles area. We'll talk UL Raging Cajuns with Corey Diaz. After this time out, the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, home for uh, 1041 Lake Charles, home for the LSU Tigers and your home for the Houston Astros. We'll be right back. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right. Welcome back as we begin our football Friday with giving some love 
to the high school ranks. Um, Corey Diaz covers, not only does he cover the Raging Cajuns for the USA Today Network and the Daily Advertiser, but he also covers LSU women's basketball and he covers high school football. And each and every Friday in the Advertiser, he comes up with uh, the top Acadiana high school football games. Corey, thanks for the time, buddy. How you doing, man? Hey, Jordy, appreciate you having me on, man. It's good to be with you. Well, it's my pleasure. You add so much to this. Um, you write that um, the schedule for the larger schools, may, maybe not the greatest this week, but in 1A and 2A, there's really some good matchups. Take me through a couple of them. What, what, Which one really piques your curiosity tonight? Yeah, you know, uh, you know I kind of do it every um... – you know, I think it's probably every Monday morning, right, Jordan? <laughs> Go, you kind of just look up what's coming up, um, yeah. you know, for the week. And, um, you know, I, I kind of noticed early on, I was like, you know, because I thought the first four weeks, you know, we were really heavy with some of your, you know, your four A's and your five A's, some 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 major heavyweight bouts. And um wasn't so much this week, but as you looked at sort of the smaller schools, I thought that, you know, I thought that that, that was kind of the better schedule for this week. And, and um you know, the one, now it's kind of a mix between, you know, a 4A and a 2A, um, but I mm-hmm. think the, the Cecilia-Notre Dame uh, matchup tonight is is really, really, really intriguing. Um, you know, Cecilia's, uh, you know, played a, a bit of a tough schedule, um, but I think they've won some games uh, that are some confidence boosters, and I think they, you know, they dropped one early on that I kind of feel like, you know, they probably – would have liked to have won. Uh, so you're looking at a couple of teams there in Cecilia and Notre Dame, who I think, uh, you know, Notre Dame coming off the, you know, the, the loss to their old time rival and Turlings uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had been sort of a, a machine at this point in the year. How will they respond to the loss to Turlings last week at their place? You know, they, they get Cecilia at home tonight. So, right. you know, that's one of those ones that, um, you know, I've kind of got circled. I think it's going to be just a super, super intriguing matchup. And, um, you know, any, any time you can, uh, any time you can get some schools like that together, um, I think it's, it's usually a fun and, and incredible atmosphere. And I, th- I think the Notre Dame, uh, you know, I think their fans and I think they'll be super excited for the game tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's always a tough place to play. Cecilia scores a lot of points, but Notre Dame so well coached. We'll see. Um, I wonder what's going through Northside's mind because I read where um, they played at McKinley in Baton Rouge last week, and there's a fight that breaks out. The game is called after the you know in the second quarter. Just game's over. Everybody go home. Now they got to go travel to Peabody on Saturday. I wonder what their feelings are and how um, how how they're going to handle this. Yeah, you know, I think that's uh, you know, in terms of um, you know, high school uh, football games in the area, uh, Jordy, that at least you know consist of you know teams from this area. I think that's probably one of the biggest questions is uh, you know just kind of where you know, mentally where this Northside team is, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been around sports for a very long time. Um, I've, I've covered, you know, preps back in my home state of Alabama. I've, I've covered preps in, in North Louisiana. Um, I've got a lot of experience uh, covering some high school sports and I've, I've 
I've seen and, and I've witnessed some some you know some some brouhaha's break out, but I've I've never seen the refs go, okay, we're done. We're we're not we're not going to play anymore. This game's canceled. Everyone just gets you know basically nothing on their record. We're we're just, we're all just moving on. I, I personally have never seen that. Um, so it, it must have been you know bad over in McKinley uh, in order for the refs to to make that decision. Because uh, right. usually, you know, they, you know, the ultimate goal every time they kick the ball off, right, Jordy, is to finish the game. Um, mm-hmm. So it must have been bad uh, for for the refs to have called off the remainder of that game. So, yeah, you know, what what's the attitude of Northside? Where's where are they at mentally? Can they, you know, recollect themselves? To be the, obviously the first time that they step back on the field in the competitive environment, um, and they're playing on a Saturday at Peabody. Like it's, you know, it's not the normal schedule for them. So um, I, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how you know, the Northside team uh, just sort of uh, regroups. Yeah. Um, Corey Diaz with us. I, I think one of the interesting matchups, it is it is a um, a 4A team, but Leesville is 4-0, traveling to Opelousas, who's 3-1, and and they've had some big-time wins of late. They're, they're pre- Opelousas is pretty hot right now. This should be a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think – Deshaun Ford, uh, the running back at Opelousas High, uh, you know, I, I think he's positioned himself, and, and you know, he's just a—he's a young kid. I believe he's a—I believe he's a sophomore, uh, Jordy. So we'll, we'll be hearing his name a lot over the next couple of years. But you know, I would probably put him up with just about any other running back in the Acadiana area. I think he's had a great start to the year, and and he's been—I uh, think he's been sort of the catalyst, you know, for Opelousas. Uh, you know, just kind of in this win streak that they've got going on right now. And, and you know, when you talk about, you know, running backs, uh, you know, Leesville has a, has a good one themselves. Um, you know, they've, they're right now, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, Jordy, I think they're ranked eighth in Class 4A. And I think, you know, if any area in the entire state knows how deep and talented Class 4A is in the state of Louisiana, it's certainly the Acadiana area with your, you know, say Thomas Moore's, you right. know, and your Turlings is, is in there. I mean, there's a ton of really good 4A schools uh, in this state, Lafayette Christian as well. And, right. um, you know, for, for a Leesville team to be ranked eighth among that, amongst that group, you know that they are a really sound, really talented, really good football team. So, uh, you know, they're having to play on the road at Opelousas. So I'm curious to see, you know, if they can get Deshaun Ford going. Opelousas, that is, and uh, you're going to have to get some stops defensively. So uh, that's kind of going to be the key there for Opelousas tonight. I got you. Um, boy, uh, good high school football, man. So go out there, support your teams, go have some fun uh, and enjoy it. Um, on Saturday, you cover the Raging Cajuns as well. Um, I think this is by far the toughest opponent the Cajuns will have faced to date. South Alabama is a good, good football team. Their record shows it. Uh, when you beat Louisiana Tech the way they did, that tells me something. Um, man, what's your thoughts on the Cajuns? I mean, they, they've lost two in a row. This is uncharted territory if they go down a third time in a row. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking it up the other day, Jordy. I want to say it was 2017. I believe it was the last time uh, University of Louisiana's football team lost three straight football games, and I think that was at the beginning of the year too. So you know, obviously, you're you're thinking they probably paid a, a big time P5 school with that, you know, during that stretch. And um, yeah, this is uh, I, I can't even begin to describe how big this game is 
for the Cajuns to, to get back on track. And, and this South Alabama team, uh, a couple weeks ago, they had UCLA on the ropes in Los Angeles and should have won the game. Uh, Kane Womack, the, the coach, you know, he, he dialed up a, uh, a fake field goal there late in the game, and, and it ended up burning them. Uh, and they ended up losing that game by one. UCLA got the ball back, went right down the field, yeah. game-winning field goal. Um, but yeah. had they not do that, man, they, they're rolling into Cajun Field 4-0, and I think is as hot and as confident as any team in the Sun Belt. Um, and, and I still think you can make that argument about this South Alabama team. Uh, and this is how crazy uh, collegiate athletics is right now, Jordy. You know, obviously COVID a couple years ago, the, the kids get an extra year. LaDamian Webb, the starting running back for South Alabama, his senior year was my last year covering high school preps back in Alabama. I remember this kid coming out of Beauregard High School, and I thought he was a severely underrated uh, running back. Uh, he ended up having to go the JUCO route. I think he was at JUCO for a couple of years, and then he bounced around at a couple of different schools, and now he's he's the guy at South Alabama, and he's the guy that kind of gets this offense going. If they can get the run game going against uh, against Louisiana on Saturday afternoon, uh, I- I'm afraid that things could get out of hand because I think South Alabama's offense is, is so balanced to the point to where if you have to try to shut one thing down, but they're good at both. So you kind of have to pick your poison in a way. And obviously, from what we've seen out of the Cajuns offensively the last two weeks, uh, we're going to need to see significant improvement on the offensive side of the ball for the Cajuns to have a chance to stay in this game. Yeah. Um, the problem is uh, South Alabama can score, man. They got they got a really good quarterback. They got some wide receivers. And I think we saw against Rice the secondary for the Cajuns was um, – was kind of exploited, particularly right in the middle of the field, um, and then they 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 you know they lose a lead late in the ball game, the last timeout. So uh, I, I know the offense has to have improvement, but man, so does the defense, dude. Yeah, one hundred percent, Jordy. I mean, you're you're right on it. Uh, I think it starts it starts up front, man. They they have to get a a consistent and effective. Pass rush. I thought I thought Chandler Rogers, the ULM quarterback, uh, last weekend in Monroe. Um, I, I thought he had too much time. Uh, I thought he was able to progress through his reads. Uh, you know, he hits that big. You know, he hits that big pass there. I believe it was the beginning of the, right around the beginning of the fourth quarter. You know, that kind of set ULM to go up and eventually get the lead there. Um, you know, those things don't happen, right? If the guy's having to take his eyes off of downfield because he's trying to evade a pass rush. That that's something that that's been consistently missing uh, for UL's defense through the first four games this year. I, I don't think that pass rush has been effective the way they would like for it to be, and, and I think some of that is they, they've been trying to simplify some things defensively. You know, Lamar Morgan's the first year defensive coordinator came over from Vanderbilt. I think it was a it was a situation he's coming in and he he wants his guys to play as fast as possible. But I think he's being too base, basic slash base with his defensive schemes. Mm-hmm. They got to dial up some more pressures, man. They got to they got to get their defensive linemen on some stunts. Uh, they need to bring some some backside or some frontside blitzes. They they have to they have to get the quarterback for South Alabama. They got to get his eyes from downfield and having having to look down so he can yeah. either avoid a pass rush or he's looking down. And he's trying to pick himself back up after getting yeah. sacked. I don't think they've been effective in that area. And obviously, you know, we see 
you know, Rice carves up the secondary, and we see ULM pop some big-time, uh, you mm-hmm. know, plays in the passing game. But, you know, it all kind of works together, of course. You know, obviously no there's question. been some busted coverages on the back end, but it, the defensive line can help their secondary out if they can get a consistent pass rush. As my old friend and good friend, still friend, uh, Nick Saban told me a long time ago, you don't have to sack the quarterback, but you got to affect the quarterback. You got to make him uncomfortable, and the Cajuns will have to do that. Uh Give me your prediction. What do you think? Do, this, do the Cajuns snap a two-game losing skid, or do they go down for the third straight time? Oh, Jordy. I, man, I just my, – my, my confidence level in, in the Raging Cajuns right now, I would say, is not very high. Um, and, and, again, I can only gotcha. base, base it off of what I've seen. And I just think the last two weeks, it ha- it has not been it has not been to the level that I know the Cajun fans have has grown accustomed to the last four years. Uh, it, yep. It's it's almost it almost looks completely different. And, and and I just I from what I've seen out of South Alabama on film, and I've seen a little bit of them. You know, saw a little bit of the UCLA game a couple of weeks ago, and, and saw a little bit of the Louisiana Tech game last week. Um, I mean, again, I would I would put the South Alabama team up with with any other team in the Sun Belt in terms of playing with confidence at this point. I don't think they will be affected playing on the road, you know, playing another one of their Western Division opponents in in Louisiana at their place. Uh, I, I see a South Alabama win, and and I'm going to say ten points. Um, but if, if if the Cajuns cannot get a run game going on Saturday afternoon, it's possible that this thing could get ugly and could get ugly quick. Corey, I can't thank you enough. We we shall see. We that's why they play the games. Uh, homecoming four o'clock. The Cajuns and a great night of high school football tonight. But go enjoy all of it. Thank you so much for helping us out today, as always. Thank you, Jordy. Appreciate you, my man. Talk to you uh, soon. That's Corey Corey Diaz of the uh, Daily Advertiser, um, sharing his thoughts on all the good things happening in high school football and with the Raging Cage. You know, the game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th Gate. Just text the word GATE to 337-283-8100 to enter to win a pair of general admission passes. That's GATE to 337-283-8100. Get your scare on this Halloween season at the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. LSU Auburn will get the Auburn side of things with one of the most revered writers in the state of Alabama. Kevin Skarbinski joins us next here on this Football Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. All right, welcome back. 35 minutes after the hour on this uh, Friday, September the 30th, as October is uh, looming closer and closer, as is LSU at Auburn tomorrow on the Plains at 6 p.m. When you talk sports in the state of Alabama, the name that pops up um, as uh, one of the most uh, treasured and one of the best, and he's done it for a long, long time in this journalism business, 
And that's uh, my good friend, Kevin Skarbinski. He's, uh, you ask Alabama, you ask Auburn, he's the man. And Kevin's kind enough to join us to share his thoughts on what's going on on the plains. Kevin, man, it's been too long, buddy. How are you? I'm, I'm well, Jordy. It's great to talk to you. How are you? I am terrific. You know, this uh, LSU football team um, uh, has gotten better and better and better. I think Brian Kelly is doing a heck of a job. I think he will continue to do a heck of a job. But I'm, you've seen some crazy things in that state of Alabama, and particularly that, that little village they call Auburn. <laughs> Where does this edition rank as far as all the speculation, all the – I mean, if if the thicker kicker from Missouri doesn't make the field goal Saturday, if he does make the field goal, are we talking about an interim coach uh, Saturday for Auburn? It's possible. It's possible. I, I you know I don't know if they would have pulled the plug had that game gone the way you know common sense, logic, rational thinking all said it should have when Missouri gave gave away a chance to win it not once but twice. Yeah. You know, they missed the chip shot field goal in, over, in regulation, and then the guy just drops the ball walking in for the winning touchdown in overtime. It's it's clearly clear, though, that the, the Auburn fan base and I think the Auburn decision-makers seem to be united, maybe more so than they've been in a long time on one thing, and that's the Brian Harson experiment is not working. It's not going to work. It's only a matter of time until they make it official and try to find the next coach that will, will get that place back to where they expect it to be. Well, Tommy Tuberville is looking good these days, wasn't it? I mean, back in the day when Auburn was – I mean, he, he ran quite a show uh, way back in the day. That, that um, Man, what happened to Auburn? I mean, where did it start going wrong? Well, you know, and, and Gus Malzahn bears some of the blame for this because his, his last few recruiting classes – were were probably ranked well not probably were ranked higher than they should have been and they were particularly weak at one of the building blocks of any football program and that's on the offensive line mm-hmm. they have been subpar at that position for years and so that was whoever was going to follow Gus was going to have to ramp up the recruiting and they just happened to choose one of the worst possible coaches in the country to to come in here and have the mentality that when you wake up in the morning, when you go to sleep at night, and every waking second in between, you are thinking about recruiting. That's the way Nick uh-huh. Saban operates. That's the way Kirby Smart operates. And you're stuck right in between those two. And if you don't have that mentality, and that, that never was Brian Harson's uh, approach, to coaching college football coming in there. Not to say that he's a bad coach, but he didn't understand the value and the primacy that recruiting has to have to be successful in the SEC. So it goes back to Gus and, you know, so again, subpar recruiting for some time, and it has only gotten worse under Brian Harson. Kevin Skarbinski with us. Um, over the next six weeks, Auburn plays LSU Saturday. They're at Georgia, at Ole Miss. Arkansas, at Mississippi State, and Texas A&M, those six teams have a combined record of 20 wins and only four losses. Um, if you're trying to set up 2023 and make things better, when he's going to get fired. When's the best time to fire a coach? Is it now? Is it at the end of the season? What do you think? 
You know, there's no easy answer to that question. And, and we've seen more Power 5 schools pull the plug in September than I can ever remember, maybe in the history of the yeah. game. Yeah. So the impatience is there. But that also is an indication. Look, if you let, let's be honest. If you fire your coach in September, you probably shouldn't have brought him back for another year in the first place Correct. because you knew there were issues. And so that's really the larger issue here with with Auburn. They, they could have and should have fired him when they when they staged an inquiry into the program back in February. There were serious concerns about his ability to relate to players, to build a staff, to recruit players, to relate to his staff, to coach the coaches, uh, which is one of the primary responsibilities of a head coach. So they had they had reason to know that this thing was not going to work, but now it's it's only gotten worse. Recruiting is going nowhere. They're ranked near the bottom of the SEC in recruiting. So the, the rebuilding job has become bigger as a result. But there's no natural coach, uh, interim coach on that staff. Mm-hmm. You know, that one of the things Harson did was surround himself with even more of his Boise boys, if you will, after mm-hmm. last season. Got rid of uh, both – well, I say got rid of uh, the offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, the defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, of course, the former Vanderbilt head coach, right. did not get along with – neither one of those coordinators got along with Harson at all. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Derek Mason left for Oklahoma State. So he brought in guys he was familiar with, guys that you know bought into his system. And it's just, again, that the proof on the field is, is that it's not working and it's not getting better. Penn State was a debacle. They got completely outclassed in the second half. And then Missouri, when you look at after the first drive of the game, Auburn, Auburn looked like a semi-competent football team in the first drive. After that, they did virtually nothing for the rest of regulation. They scored their second mm-hmm. touchdown on their second possession because they had a short field after a turnover. And then it was zilch. It was embarrassing. And it, the, the percentage of, of carries that went for zero or negative yards was astounding. From, from an Auburn football team that, you know, traditionally, and you know this, Jordy, they've yeah. made their living by running the football. Absolutely. Well, and they've got, two good, they've got some good running backs. They just can't open any holes for them. Wow. Um, suffered their most embarrassing loss in a long time at home, and I would venture to say probably one of the more embarrassing wins they've had at home in a long, long time against Auburn. Kevin Skarbinski with us. Um, Auburn plays some defense. But that Jaden Daniels from LSU, man, he can play off schedule. He, he's throwing it accurately, uh, and he he makes scrambles and he makes some yardage. I, does that negate Auburn's defense? You know, they. It's been impressive to see his development. I have to say, yeah. watching from afar, and as you said, not just him, but the entire team seems to get better week to week from week to week, which is a credit to Brian Kelly and that staff. Yeah. And what and that's what happens when you hire a a winning professional football. I mean, I, mean, I say professional football coach in that Brian Kelly's a pro. He, he's this is not his first rodeo. He's done this for a long time at a high level, and LSU was very smart when they made, when they made that hire. But Auburn's defense has not been as good as they expected it to be. They thought they'd be uh, a little more a little stronger on that side of the ball. Penn State was with with a freshman tailback, a couple of freshman tailbacks was able to really gouge them between the tackles, and especially as the game wore on. You know, they've got, again, it's like, it's like the entire roster. They've got some really good players. Derek Hall on the outside edge is really good. Uh, on the, probably the best football player on the team at any position. There's just, there's just not enough of those guys on that roster, in that lineup, 
to make a difference over 60 minutes against a quality SEC football team like LSU. Is the point spread right? Nine points? I mean, don't people understand this this um, relationship between LSU and Auburn and all the great <laughs> games? And I can remember, you know, when the Auburn was going for their national championship, their toughest game was LSU. When LSU in 2019 was going for their national championship, their toughest game was Auburn. I mean, these are always great games. Does that even come into play now? That's, you know, we have seen some bizarre things, have we not, in this series through the yes. years. And, and I'll, I'll maintain, Jordy, that the 2004 and 2006 games in Auburn were great two games. of the most physical football games yes. I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, those, I mean, you had, but you had future pros on both sides of the ball, starting in the trenches. Yeah. It, was, it was a slog to move the ball. Both games were low-scoring. Uh, you know, old-school SEC football, uh, you know, Auburn does not seem – I don't know what Auburn is equipped. I don't know what they do well. I, I mean, literally, if you ask me what do they do best, their punter is really good. They oh, punt gosh. the ball well. And oh, I'm not gosh. sure I can tell you anything else that they do. Part- <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, what do you, what's the outcome of this one? You know, d- you know despite, <laughs> despite all those great games that you said – that we've witnessed in this series, I will be surprised if it's a four-quarter game. I will be surprised if Auburn has a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. You know, it may, you know, the only, to, to me, Auburn's only chance is if LSU turns the ball over. Right. Is if they put it on the ground or they throw it to the wrong jersey and, and they give Auburn some short fields, give them some confidence. The crowd is great. Look, Auburn has great support. The crowd oh, will yeah. show up. The crowd will be loud. And Auburn at night, I think, may be the most underrated atmosphere in college football. I've seen, I've seen it with my own two eyes in person too many times where teams, teams ranked, you know, a, a number one ranked Steve Spurrier team came in there and got beat on a field goal on the mm-hmm. final play. I've seen, I've seen great teams come in there and lose games because that atmosphere is special. And then the Auburn, even the Auburn fans <clears throat> like to joke, Jordy, that, in situations like the prayer in Jordan Hare, uh, the kick six, that Auburn Jesus makes an appearance in those uh, in those situations, and there's just some magic there that's it's almost hard to explain. Uh, it happened in 2019 against Alabama, you know. It's uh, but again, I, I just don't think. Yeah, but in every one of those cases, Auburn had players to take advantage of the opportunities that they were given or that they created for themselves. It just doesn't appear that they have that have enough of those guys right now. I've said this to everybody who's ever asked me because uh, I've been to every stadium in the league, and when Auburn's right, there's not a that's the loudest venue I've ever been in. When that eagle flies down and lands on that dude's arm, holy cow, goosebumps! It's, it's so loud, and what it's a great atmosphere. Um, quarterback, tell me about it. What's going on there? Yeah, and that's unfortunate too. And and you know, injuries are part of the game, sadly. And Auburn has has been hurt there. T.J. Finley, of course, the LSU transfer, you know, won the job in the off season, but they were they were splitting time even before T.J. hurt his shoulder against Penn State. He went down hard on a tackle, landed on his shoulder. He's not expected to play for some time. So it, it, Robbie Ashford is another transfer. He came from Oregon. I guess he and Bo Nix passed each other going in opposite directions in the transfer portal. And, and Robbie, who did not play a snap in two years at Oregon, 
on the football team, he played some baseball for the Ducks. He's a really good athlete. He will remind you somewhat of Nick Marshall, and we all remember him. And, he, yeah. of course, he was the quarterback in 2013 when Auburn got to the national championship game uh, and came up just short against Florida State and Jameis Winston. He's, he's that, he has that kind of explosion and speed. If he, if, he, if he gets to the corner, he can take it a long way. But he's very, very inexperienced at reading defenses, uh, throwing the ball. You know, it just he he hasn't doesn't have, hasn't had a lot of time to learn learn the system. It's just it, so they have to really minimize the the package that they put together for him. So it's going to be cu- interesting to see. You know, at this point, if you're Brian Harson and and, you, and Jordy, we all remember some of the unbelievably creative things that Boise State has done through the yes. years with their offense. When yeah. Brian Harson was offensive coordinator there for Chris Peterson, yeah, I would be surprised if they don't come out and do some really unusual things on Saturday to give themselves a chance to try to catch LSU flat-footed and, and unprepared because, again, they, can't, they have no hope to line up man-for-man man straight up yeah. and compete with LSU. So they're going to have to be really creative, and Robbie Ashford is going to have to make some plays. He has the ability, especially with his legs. He just doesn't have enough help around him. Gotcha. Uh, give me a final score, Kevin Skarbinski. Uh, I can't see Auburn scoring much. Um, I, I could see this game being something like a 20, 24-7 game, a 27-10 game in favor of LSU. I really think LSU will be in control of this thing in the last five minutes. I will be, I will be surprised, if, uh, as I said, if this game resembles some of those great down-to-the-wire games we've seen in this series through the years. The earthquake game, the barn burner. I mean, there's been so many nicknames, I can't even remember them all. But what a great – it used to be this was the game. This this was the game that decided the SEC West. It, you know, this is before Nick went to Alabama, and the, the and they've been on this tremendous run. But it used to be LSU-Auburn, man, and they were some, some really good ones. Kevin, it's always great to talk to you, man. Thank you so much. Continued success, my friend. And uh, let, uh, let's not make it so long next time, okay? I agree. Thank you, Jordy. I really enjoyed our conversation. You take care. As always, you're the best. Kevin Skarbinski, uh, the best there is in the state of Alabama. Trail is putting on the Sugarman Triathlon and Duathlon this Sunday, October 2nd at Sugar Mill Pond in Youngsville. Spectators are invited. It's an all-road sprint, a 5,500-meter swim, and a 15-mile bike ride through Sugar Mill Pond's development. Volunteers receive free food, drinks, a shirt. Uh, for more information or to register, visit latrail.org. Trail is a nonprofit dedicated in building and improving outdoor recreation and local parks. It's great for the kids. Uh, the weather's supposed to be great, so go and enjoy. We'll wrap up our number one on this Football Friday edition of the Jordy Helper Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home. In Southwest Louisiana sports. We'll be right back. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, as we wrap up our number one shout out to LSU football commit for the year, class of 2023, Trey Holly. Uh, heading into Union Parish Farmers' fourth game of this season, 
Um, Holly was 247 yards shy of another LSU Tiger. Nick Brassett's state career record of 8,704 yards that he set at U, U High from 2010 to 2014. Well, in the Farmers' 62-12 to 12 win over the Bastrop Rams, Rams, Holly ran for over 250 yards to break the record. He started in the eighth grade, ran for 849 yards in his first varsity season, had 1,638 as a freshman, a combined 5,342 yards and 77 touchdowns in his sophomore and junior seasons. Um, to celebrate the record, Holly rushed over to his family in the end zone to give them the ball he carried to break the record and to celebrate the huge accomplishment. He's got six more games at the least. How many yards is he going to finish up? Will that record ever be broken? They say every record's going to be broken. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Am I going to break Cal Ripken's? Heck no. Heck no. All right, hour number two coming up here on the Jordy Helper Show. Stay with us. We'll be back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. And we've got some great college football games to talk about, a couple of NFL games. There's some some really, really good ones. We'll give our uh, predictions on all of them coming up. We'll talk about the Raging Cajuns and their tough matchup with South Alabama. You're not supposed to schedule these good teams for homecoming. You're supposed to schedule cupcakes. Who's doing this? Who's doing this? Uh, we'll see. And, of course, LSU heads to the Plains to talk about Auburn without Armani Goodwin, their leading running back. He's he's hurt. Without Garrett Dellinger, he's hurt. Uh, but still, LSU a much, much better team. Brian Kelly said uh, that this team, is uh, their development is on schedule. They're pretty much where they should be. He joked that he's gone from substitute teacher to first-year teacher and is now at a point where trust is being built on each side. Quote, we haven't crossed the finish line yet. We're still building that relationship with our football team, but uh, are, where, are where we should be a couple of months into the season. We are where we should be. Uh, he said they'll face some adversity, and they have to handle it in the right way. Think about it. LSU's played in their home away from home, the Superdome. Every other game has been in Tiger Stadium. I'm telling you right here, right now, Auburn, one of the loudest venues you'll ever, ever watch a football game in. It is raucous, no matter what. And I've seen too many things here um, about Auburn and LSU. So, man, LSU's got to be ready. And adversity is is uh, by far um, significant. Brian Kelly also praised at his radio show last night the play of True freshman tackles Will Campbell and Emery Jones and explained how the rest of the line would shake out this week with Dellinger out. As expected, Anthony Bradford will start at right guard. Miles Frazier will slide to left guard. Um, they both played a lot of football, and uh, Kelly feels like that will give them a good starting five. Kelly also said about Jaden Daniels' ability to run, he said, look, when you're running 
a quarterback to the point where he's your leading rusher. You've got to look at why are we doing that? Um, Daniels is doing a better job of going through his progressions. He handled it much better uh, last week. Uh, but hand that thing off, right? Hand that thing off. Um, so so we shall see. LSU a big-time favorite by nine, uh, and, and we shall see what happens along those lines. As far as the New Orleans Saints are concerned, it certainly appears that um, Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback. Um, Jameis Winston listed as doubtful. He's missed Wednesday's practice, Thursday's practice, Friday's practice. So you tell me. Um, listed as out on the injury list, Michael Thomas, Andrus Pete, Marcus May, questionable Alvin Kamara, Jarvis Landry. Um, Saints are going to have to play against one of the better running backs as Al Delvin Cook um, of the Minnesota Vikings has been cleared to play after suffering a shoulder injury in the third quarter of the Vikings 28-24 victory in week three over the Detroit, Detroit Lions. He sat out the rest of that game. He missed the team's practice Wednesday, but he returned to practice Thursday, traveled the Vikings to London, and participated fully in today's practice across that big ocean known as the Atlantic. So uh, Minnesota coming in pretty good. Um, Alexander Madison, uh, not a bad backup, uh, just in case. So um, Saints facing a tough, tough, tough battle. As I said before, in the 15 seasons from 2006 to 2020, the Saints started a total of five quarterbacks with Drew Brees starting 228 of the 240 games. It's 95%. That's in 15 seasons. If Andy Dalton starts Sunday, which we're all assuming he will, the Saints will be starting their fifth different quarterback in the last 14 games. Wow. Wow. We'll give you some thoughts on Kentucky at Ole Miss. We'll give you some thoughts on Alabama at Arkansas. We'll give you some thoughts of Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Who is going to win on the road? Who is going to be upset in these games? And we'll give you our thoughts on LSU and Auburn as well. So uh, we've got all that to handle. Will Aaron Judge get to number 62? Gosh, I hope so, right? I hope so. Um, because I want to see him do it. He is so good, so humble, so, I mean, just so talented. And here's a guy, just like Lamar Jackson's doing for the Baltimore Ravens, betting on himself. Aaron Judge turned down a lot of money, bet on himself, and he is right now um, in the clubhouse. Well, he's not in the clubhouse, but he is leading as the triple crown champion of the American League. Uh, batting average, um, home runs, RBIs, he's doing it all. The Yankees are up to 96 wins, and they have separated themselves from the Toronto Blue Jays now. They're up nine and a half. Um, there is no race other than, as we said, the National League East. Now the Mets, who have won uh, seven of their last ten, uh, lead the Atlanta Braves by one uh, as we go down the stretch here. So uh, the focus is on the NL East. we got most of the playoff teams already, already set in. 
Um, and then all eyes are on the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge as they get back into action um, tonight. And they are at home against the Baltimore Orioles. Jordan Lyles versus Domingo German. The Astros are at home taking on Tampa Bay. It'll be Drew Rasmussen versus Framber Valdez. So uh, we're getting ready for that, that, that fun, fun time of uh, Major League Baseball and the playoffs. So, um, man, that's a great time. Great time. And, and we'll see. Um, so the wild cards will start on f- a week from today, Friday, October the 7th. We know one wild card team will be the Guardians. Another will be the St. Louis Cardinals. They're, they're locked in. Uh, and we'll see who faces them and uh, and other the other wild cards. So a uh, lot still to be determined as we come down the stretch. All right. Um, we are having Park International tomorrow. We'll have the Latin Music Fest. It's a family-friendly event. It puts the spotlight on the beautiful and bold Latin culture in our community. Celebrate the bold tastes and sounds of Latin culture. In our, uh, the admission is just $10. Kids 12 and under get in free. And Cuban superstar Sima Funk headlines the lineup of Latin artists. That's Latin Music Fest this Saturday, tomorrow, from 4 to 10 p.m. at Park International in downtown Lafayette. For, for more information, visit festivalinternational.org. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, it's time to talk about the Raging Cajuns and South Alabama and all kind of stuff with my good friend uh, from KLFY Sports, George Faust, here on the Jordy Hulkirk Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, man, What's wouldn't up? it be great to be on a golf course right about now? How are you? Oh, you're, you're, you're not lying, man. That would be phenomenal. That would, that would be. Golly, it's such beautiful that, weather. That would be can great. We just, I, I, I should have done that today. I should have gone and played golf this morning. Man, I, I wish I could have. Instead, I, I caught up on some sleep. <laughs> oh, I got to go. My daughter's 15 years old. We got the boogie bus and all this stuff. Oh, We've got yeah, volleyball. Yeah. I mean, it never ends, big guy. Too, so never yeah. ends. She said, Dad, yeah. you can't get on the bus because you'll, you'll start dancing and it'll just be embarrassing. I said, okay, honey, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll stay off. That's good. You know, that's good I can stuff. do my yeah, John Travolta, you know, staying alive stuff. I can do all that. But anyway, right. she doesn't want right. me to. All hey. right, let's get down to business. KLFY's high school football game of the week tonight is? Oh, we've got uh, Lafayette High. They're playing St. Martinville. And okay. that's going to be at LCA, of course. That's where uh, Lafayette's playing their games. So we've okay. got that game. We've got that matchup. I'm going to be at Crowley against Rain. Uh, okay. That contest is uh, I'll be live out there, and uh, that's a that's a nice inner parish uh, rivalry game there. Um, okay. I think I think that that the, 
I'm anxious to see how Lafayette responds with regards to uh, their, um, you know, they played that Cadiana a week ago. It didn't turn out too well for them. But they have talent, man. They've got, they, they have turned a, a page with regards to talent, and I think they have some. Uh, obviously, Grayson Sonier, their quarterback, uh, uh, is a guy who's very impressive and, and fun to watch, and he's a, he's a dynamic. Uh, he's got a dynamic arm, and he's got the ability, and he's got the ability to kind of pull it down and run, or he can throw it. So he's got yeah. he's got some uh, he's got some power. Either way you look at it, there. So yeah, I, I, I'm anxious to see how they respond after a, after a tough loss a week ago. Gotcha. Uh, when you go to Crowley, do me a favor and uh, stop by and Frostos and have yourself a little hamburger and a milkshake. Place is so All good. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Yep, sure enough. So good, famous. Yeah, no. All right, um, let, let's talk about um, the raging Cajuns. I think they got sure. their hands full tomorrow with South Alabama. I, I think South Alabama's – I think that's the best team that the Cajuns will have faced to this point in time. I really do. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't doubt that at all. In fact, it's probably – you know, I, I've, I've kind of listening around to different, you know, analysis of this contest and stuff like that. And it's, it's interesting because I think South Alabama views this game – as more of a rival game than some other games that maybe against Troy or something like that. Uh, yeah, and that that to me is is very interesting because you know you know it's a huge baseball rival game, and I remember a South Alabama basketball game where South Alabama's coach was so livid that the Cajuns didn't have replay, so they couldn't see if the last shot went off before. The, the the clock hit all zeros and the guy went eight crazy. I mean, it was <laughs> it was unbelievable how how that guy just the co- I can't even think of the coach's name, but it was it was a so the rival is there and it's ripe for the picking right here as as you play uh, as South Alabama plays the Cajuns, you know, because it's that it's that rival I ten, you know, you got that going yeah. on and. and yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. This definitely isn't a homecoming cupcake opponent, yeah. for sure. Who scheduled that? Come on, you got to get better. <laughs> you don't schedule really good teams for homecoming. What are you doing? Right. You need the, 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 the lower-tier teams to come right. in for uh, for homecoming right. so you can assure the uh, alumni and show them that you're doing well, right? You, got, you do like McNeese did. You, you play Mississippi College. Come on. And just give them a nice check and, and, and beat their yeah. brains out. George Faust, KLFY with us. Uh, seems to me the key matchup is South Alabama's quarterback, Carter Bradley, uh, versus the Raging Cajun secondary. They give up a lot of yards, but they lead the Sun Belt, and they're among the national leaders with nine interceptions this season. Bradley's already thrown for over 1,000 yards. He's already got 10 touchdowns. Tends to force it a little bit. So how does the secondary hold up against this, by far, the best quarterback that they'll have to face to date? Right. You just you really have to play. Uh, you know, you don't change your game or change what you do, but you do have to be conscious of, uh, of you know, taking your shots on a, from a defensive standpoint when you're going to, you know, attack that ball and when maybe you just make the tackle. You know, uh, I think I, 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 re- I, I know – 
it's hard it's hard to hard to fathom that the Cajuns are kind of in the predicament they're in right now. They've lost two straight. I mm-hmm. I really feel like they have they have their backs against the wall a little bit, and yeah. and they're they're they've they've kind of they kind of feel that. Uh, so, but, but to answer the question, I I think they just need to be smart about when they take their opportunities to either one you know uh, put some uh, extra pressure on the quarterback or you know decide hey. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna stay back and then hey look he's throwing this ball we we know we can pick this off or you know be smart about making the right oppor- the the most opportune time to make the right moves and uh, that's the, I think that's gonna be key for them uh, with regards to a defensive uh, performance. You know you mentioned the Cajuns lost two in a row um, after winning 15 straight. Um, they're back home though they haven't lost a game at home in more than two years. On the flip side, South Alabama has just one Sun Belt road win since 2017. And that was uh, when Arkansas State wasn't very good back in 2020. So the road has been non-kind to South Alabama. It's been very kind to the Cajuns. Is, is that crowd going to be there? Is it going to be a home field advantage for uh, Coach Desimo and company? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be sold out or anything, but uh, I definitely feel like uh, they have. There's going to be a, a big crowd, an excited crowd, and I, I think a lot of people want to see just exactly what happened, why why the Cajuns lost uh, last week and, and, and allowed two uh, 14 unanswered points late in the game to U.L. Monroe. Why that happened? What what? what exactly took place. And, yeah. and so maybe they're a little curious about why that happened and see if they're really, if ULM got, you know, a little lucky or if, you know, the Cajuns are actually kind of uh, on, a, on a turn here. So I, and with that regard, I think fans are curious. And I think they'll want to come out. I mean, I'm not saying there's going to be 35,000 on Cajun Field Saturday, but I, I expect somewhere around 20. Yeah. Uh, God, be a beautiful maybe, day. Maybe 25. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because it's beautiful, too. Minimum of 20. I mean, like, um, and they better, they better get there for the start of the game because um, another stat for you, South Alabama's outscored their opponents 54-13 to 13 in the first quarter of this season. They've led at halftime all four times. Of course, their only loss was they, they blew it late against UCLA. UCLA pretty good. Um, yeah. uh, but I mean, golly, they destroyed Louisiana Tech. That surprised me. Yeah, look, I, look, South Alabama is a program that's kind of been on the uh, on the rise with regards yep. to the past few years. You know, it's like it's they, they just got football right. I mean, they didn't have football for they haven't had football a long time. That's right. I, I think it's been a, it's been like a handful of years since they started a football program. So uh, they've kind of steadily grown and gotten better, and now. They're in a position where they, they can challenge the, the upper tier of the Sun Belt, and that's saying a lot now. That, that, and they, they look at this like a state. They, they, I have a feeling they're going to look at this game like a statement game where they can come you. in and say, look, hey, we're, we're laying it on them. You know, we're going to try and do our best. But, I, I, I look, I don't know if the Cajuns win this game or not, but I do know that uh, they'll, they'll be laying it all out on the line, no doubt. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. George Faust, KLFY. You can see all the high school highlights, all the college highlights today, Saturday, Sunday. Um, how about your hottie toddies? Are they going to defend uh, 
Vaude Hemingway against this Kentucky. This is a okay. Prove it to me. Now we're going to see who who is and who isn't, because uh, neither teams really played much against anybody. Right. Uh, but now they right. play against each other. We'll, we'll see. Right. I, I mean, look, Kentucky picked up a big win over Florida. That that's a big win. I, th- I thought that was a pretty decent win yeah. for him. Yeah, you're other right. Than that, you're right. Uh, other well, other than that, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I really like Ole Miss at home. I I, I don't think they. That Kentucky, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they'll travel well to to, to Oxford. I think uh, I think the Rebels are gonna. I, I know a lot of guys are headed back up to Oxford. It's gonna be loud. It's good. They're gonna stripe the vault apparently, uh, which is kind of cool. I've never seen that before, except last week at Tennessee they've done that. But Tennessee, never that was bit. really cool. I mean, yeah. everybody. It takes everybody to participate yep. to make it work, and they all did. It was beautiful. I know it was really cool. So they're trying to do that. I, I saw that that they're they're trying to stripe the vault. I I really like what Ole Miss is doing. I like Coach Kiffin is 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 you know he's he's a likable kind of guy. When you when you, I mean I've I've only met him once, but I mean I'm talking about just in general from a fan perspective. It seems like you know hey he's a likable guy. He's going to do all he can to make our team the best it can be. And, and yeah. so you, you got to like that if you're a fan of the team. And and I, I, I like what, Ella, what, what Ole Miss has. I, I think they're going to be able to uh, contend with Kentucky. And, and well, I, they better get, I think they're going to win. Get, I mean, I'm, not, I'm a homer. Call me a homer if you want. I know you're a homer. Uh, That's I, fine. That's why I threw it out there to make you feel good on a Friday. But let me tell you, <laughs> if those Oxfordidians don't start showing up in the, in, in, in the stands – Oh, Lane yeah. may take his train it's elsewhere. He's complaining. Nobody goes to the games. Right. Well, hey, look, I, I I know this from from uh, from ex, uh, experience that you know when I was in school they played VMI. Nobody went to that game. Right? What like, else do you do? What else do you VMI do in Oxford? Game. Come on. I look. No, no, no. I got the, the the second half of that argument is this. I'm not going to the game to support VMI. You know, the second half yeah. of the argument is I'm going to the game to watch. I'm not watching VMI. I'm watching the Rebels, you know. Right. So I want to go support the Rebels. So I, that's my argument. I, look, I was a guy who was at every game. So, yeah. you know, I, like whether they were playing VMI or playing Florida or Georgia, you, it didn't matter. Were you a fraternity guy? I, I, I actually was not because I was always working. I got you. I, so I, I was I was, I, I was more I, I never had any time for that, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do the fraternity thing. I had a lot yeah. of friends that always invited me places. Though, so well, of course, kind of you know, best, you're no fool. You, you just <laughs> went to all the parties. That's pretty smart on your part. Um, the calendar, right. the calendar to turns to October, which means Halloween right around the corner. Nick Saban's birthday, Dale Brown's birthday, Halloween, by the way. Um, yeah. Do we okay. have? Have we thought about a, what what the family's going to be for Halloween this year? I know it's early, but you got to plan early. <laughs> Yeah, you know the wife. The wife said the other day we got to get the uh, the Halloween decorations out. I'm like, wait, my birth, my birthday is on Monday. I said, let's get through my birthday first. Go ahead. Expect, like, well, happy, yeah, so, yeah. happy early birthday to you. I'll, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, I turned uh, the ripe young age of 47, so we'll see what happens. Nice. You're just a little pup. Just a little. Uh, that's what they all right. Me. That's what all right. They all you, tell me. you made it through another me. carpool line. You did good, George. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> now the work begins. So go have fun. Enjoy the weekend. And it's always fun with Faust on a Friday. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jordy. Good talking to you all as always. All right, buddy. Always fun. Thank you. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holdberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yeah, here we go, boys and girls. Um, Boy, there's got some... If you like German food and all the things that go along with it, well, you got to come celebrate German style and heritage at the Roberts Cove German Fest tomorrow and Sunday in rain. There'll be traditional German cuisine, music, dancing, plenty of German cultural activities, a rice threshing demonstration, antique tractors, and you can even take home a German cookbook from the gift shop. The kid-friendly event takes place this weekend at St. Leo Catholic Church in Roberts Cove, just off rain, exit 87 on I-10. For more information, visit robertscovegermanfest.com. This is the day of the week and the time of the day. Um, Just call George up, would you, um, please? Because um, he's not seeing the invitation, so we can get him on Zoom. Just give him a call on his phone. Um, and we'll just go to town that way. But it's that time when we we pick our games and we decide who's going to be who's going to be the winners. Plain and simple. And we've got a lot of um, okay. Let's see. We got a lot of um, games to pick. And it's um, let's see here. Hold on, guys. We're doing this. All right, James. It's coming your way. Um, all right. Anyway, you try and get these Zoom things. It drives me crazy. Just drives me crazy. We don't need to do all that. It's radio. Let's just talk. Let's just talk. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Um, don't need all that garbage. Um, so some big time games in the Southeastern Conference for sure. Uh, starting with uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss, Arkansas uh, hosting Alabama. You've got Texas A&M on the road at Mississippi State. And of course, LSU at Auburn. There's a really good one in the ACC, Wake Forest at Florida State. North Carolina State at Clemson. There's a big one in the Big 12, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Uh, so we've got those to cover, and we'll also talk about three get big ones in the uh, in the NFL, of course, with Minnesota and New Orleans, Buffalo at Baltimore, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. So we'll cover all those games, and as soon as uh, James tells me, we can get started on that. But, okay, you can talk, you know, dude. We're all in this together. You can talk to me because we're get, getting ready to ask you some questions and you talk then. So just just communicate with me. That's yeah. all we are asking. Let me ask you about this, guys. Hey, Jay. Uh, hey, George. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, Jordan? How are you? I am terrific. So glad you're uh, you're with us today. Let me we'll start off with this one. Uh, I talked about a German German fest coming up uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, McDonald's this week announced plans to introduce adult oriented happy meals you can get 10 chicken nuggets you can get a a big mac fries a drink and a free toy will you either of you 
be coerced into trying an adult McDonald's Happy Meal. Of yeah, course. absolutely. I would too. I mean, I go to McDonald's more than I than I probably should, but yeah, I would definitely try that. Especially right. if it's a whole That's meal me. where I, I get multiple things. I, I usually kind of order that type of stuff anyway. You get a Big Mac, a 10-piece chicken McNuggets, sodas, fries, and you can get one of four collectible figurines. The Grimace, the Hamburglar, Birdie, <laughs> as well as something called a Cactus Buddy, whatever that is. So, um, yeah, why not? I kind of like the chicken McNuggets. I don't know why. Oh, they're so but good. They're so with good. With that sweet and sour sauce, man, I kind of like that. I haven't had one of those in a long time. All right, enough of that frivolity. Let's get down to some games, boys and girls. Um, Let's start. College football. SEC, Kentucky, at Ole Miss. What do you think about the the Wildcats coming at at number seven in the country, the Rebels at number 14? That's an 11 a.m. kickoff right outside of the Grove. What do you think? Oh man, Jordan, this is gonna be a great game. This is actually a game I'm I'm looking forward to watching. Um Jordan, I like Kentucky, Jordan. I I, I like them this year. I think they okay. they were pretty good last year. They they're better this year. And and they just seem like they're just ready to take a step up in the SEC to beat. Ole Miss is always disappointing at some point. I I, I think Kentucky's gonna take this game. All right. He likes the Wildcats on the road. James, who do you like? I'm actually going to go with the home team and go with the Rebels this time. I love what Will Levis has done, but I feel like with Ole Miss being the home team, I feel like they have the slight advantage. I don't like the minus six and a half for them. I think they'll win by about a field goal, but that that one feels like a little too much of a stretch when it comes to the spread. I think this is a big game. Um, I think the fans will show up. I think Vaught Hemingway will be um, explosive. Uh I don't know much about Ole Miss. They haven't played anybody. Kentucky beat Florida this year. Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky on the road to beat the the Ole Miss Rebels. Game number two, number two, Alabama at 20th-ranked Arkansas. This is the CBS 230 kickoff. Um, Arkansas lost to AM a week ago. Alabama, uh, you know, people people aren't talking much about Bama. They, they all think Bama's not Bama anymore. Really? George, what do you think? I mean, it, it, as long as Bama's still winning games, they still Bama to me. So, you know, and looking at what Arkansas did last week, you, you mentioned it earlier, they lost to Texas A&M in a game I thought would have said a lot for their program had they won. It lets me know that they're not ready in the SEC West at all. Alabama is still Bama. Give me Bama to win this one in a, in a big blowout. Arkansas is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog. You think Bama covers that? Absolutely Bama covers it. It's going to be 20-plus. Okay. Arkansas can't can't stop the pass. Bryce Young's the one of the best passers in college football, but it's at Fayetteville, James. What do you think? Uh, t- until the Crimson Tide absolutely fall off the face of the earth, which they have not done yet, they are still undefeated, I'm always going to have to take Alabama. It, 17, that could be close, but, I mean, I, I think they win by at least two touchdowns. All right. Uh, I didn't have it on your sheet there, George, but um, number 17, Texas A&M, 
is at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not ranked, but State is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, Anaya Smith is out for the year with some hamstrings, so uh, the Texas A&M attack that has leaned so heavily on him and Devon, I, I, I can't say his name, Achain, Achaney or whatever, uh, who's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, what do you think? Mississippi State, a favorite at home over Texas A&M. Well, they, they should be because think about it. Mississippi State actually has a very good quarterback. Texas A&M does not. You know, and, and you just mentioned the running backs out. I, I, I don't – I see exactly why Mississippi – State is is a favorite in this game because they're going to win. So I would take Mississippi State at home over Texas A&M any day of the week. All right. James? For me, I mean, you you often bring it up where it's like the squads are overall good, but you take the better quarterback, and easily Rodgers is the better quarterback. He, stats don't yeah. tell everything, but, man, even when you watch him on the field, he, he's, he's pretty good. So I'm going to have to take the Bulldogs in this one. State uh, always seems to have a game a year where they, they they surprise people. Now, they're favorites, so according to Vegas, this would not be a surprise. <laughs> Give me Mississippi State at home. Uh, uh, shoot, I, I, I like them to win this thing. It's a 3 o'clock ball game. Uh, give me give me Mississippi State all day long over Jimbo and let, let those Aggies start crying again. A good one in the Big 12, boys. Um, Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 16, Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Dave Aranda, Rob, Ron Roberts, the defense. Um, they picked off that Oklahoma State quarterback, Spencer Sanders, four times in the 2021 Big 12 title game. Do they do it again? Baylor's favored by two-and-a-half at home. What do you think, George? Yes, they absolutely do it again because Baylor's actually been playing good football. Don't let that loss fool you. Oklahoma State, their three wins look like fool's goal to beat because they haven't played anybody. So I I think that Baylor defense is is very good. They'll be dominant again. I like Baylor at home. All right. James? I've been back and forth on this one. I want to take Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know what happened. Did they have like an early bye week? Why are they only played three games? Uh, That That one. Their schedule. That's interesting. Uh, I'm going to have to take Baylor in this one, though. I, I lean towards the home teams this week. Uh, and I'm taking Baylor as well. Give me Aranda. He'll come up with something for that. <laughs> I'm a man. Pick on me. I'm a man. All right, so that's what they're going to do. Uh, in the ACC, number 10, North Carolina State at number five, Clemson. The Fighting Dabos are six and a half point favorites. George. I, I, I Jordan, you know, like in games like this, it's kind of like it's kind of like Alabama of the East. You know, like if you really <laughs> think about it, uh, un, unless there's a team in the ACC that really shows me that they can even step on the field with Clemson, I'm always going to take Clemson. And I don't see anything that North Carolina State has done yet to sway me to say, you know what, they're ready to take down the Giant over there. So I'm going to roll with Clemson. Even though they've been playing some close games a little bit, I think I think ultimately they're more talented than they're going to win the game. All right. James, NC State at Clemson. It feels like Clemson always plays closer games than you would anticipate them to do, but they usually always come up with the victories, and 
This is two top 10 teams. Uh, this probably will still be close, but and the six and a half feels like a little much is a little big of a stretch, but I'm definitely going to have to take the Tigers on this one. I just hope Dabo doesn't fall when he's running down the hill. I don't know what he's trying to prove. He, he sprints down the hill, <laughs> and it takes him all the way out to the 20-yard line because of the steepness of the hill. I don't know what he's doing. I just pray that he doesn't fall and break his break his neck. Um, I'm not sold on. I'm just going to call him DJU. I, I don't like him as a quarterback. I think North Carolina State has a good enough defense Ooh. to hang in there. Give me the Wolf Pack in an upset over Clemson. I like I like the Wolf Pack in this one. So we'll we shall see. Um, back to the ACC. Um, I don't know Wake Forest. Wake Forest pretty good with that quarterback, and Florida State's not as bad as people thought they would be. Sam Hartman was really hot last week against Clemson. Um, Wake Forest on the road. Florida State's a seven-point favorite over the 22-ranked Demon Deacons. The Seminoles are ranked number 23. George, do you smell an upset? I actually do. First of all, there's no way – that Florida State's covering this spread, number one, because Wake Forest is really, really good, and they do have a good quarterback. You know, Florida State, they, they play well. They, they they execute well. They don't make many mistakes. But I feel like they, they've been playing above their ceiling the whole year. I felt like that for LSU, the LSU game, and I still feel like that. So I'm going to take Wake Forest to get this one done because I, I just don't believe in Florida State. There you go. Bring back Chris Paul to the and, and Tim Duncan to the Demon Deacons. Um, all right, J- uh, James, what do you think? I am definitely smelling an upset in this one. I'm taking Wake Forest. Their offense has been high-powered the last couple of years, and Florida State's, they, they've had a nice couple of wins. They, quote-unquote, might be back, but uh, I feel like this is much more of a must-win for Wake Forest since they're also 0-1 so far in the ACC compared to Florida State's 2-0. Yeah, Wake Forest is going to win this one, and they're going to win this one um, by outscoring. Well, Florida State can't keep up with them. Is what I'm going to say. I think Florida. I think Wake Forest wins this one comfortably. All right, near and dear to your hearts, the Raging Cajuns Sun Belt Conference play against South Alabama. George, you, you know I can't go against the Cajuns, Jordy. They don't. They, they obviously don't look as sharp as they looked last year. There's a lot of questions, but I think they're going to go down there. So, uh, they go, they're going to beat South Alabama. I don't know where the game is, but I think they'll get. It's, they'll it's, get it's the win. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but they'll get it. It's in Lafayette, four o'clock kickoff. All right, the Jags with a high-powered quarterback coming into Cajun Field. James, what do you think? It's going to be homecoming. I know it's not a cupcake, but. Call me crazy. I'm I'm gonna take the Cajuns as well. It feels like last year you thought App State they were gonna come into Lafayette and and roll, but they just had a surprise game and they won by 28. It kind of feels like the same situation here where you're thinking the away team is gonna win, but the Cajuns just surprise you out of nowhere and get a crazy win. This also is I feel like a make or break game for the year for UL because if you lose this, I feel like a lot of the fans you've lost three in a three in a row. You're you're not going to see anybody else really come to those games except the super diehards, and even some of them they might not go. Yeah, with all I, I agree 100. percent With all that being said, I I just think South Alabama exercises a lot of demons. They've had 
They haven't won on the road in league play in a long, long, long time. Um, I think they have. This is a, uh, a very pivotal game for them over the team that has dominated the Sun Belt Western Conference for four years. I think it's South Alabama's turn, unfortunately. Give me uh, the Jags over the Raging Cajuns. LSU favored by nine at Auburn. Six o'clock. You can listen to it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. George, a lot of, lot of close games in this rivalry. It's a great rivalry. It's a tough place to play. Even when Auburn's not great, they still show up. They're still loud. That eagle still flies down. Nine points. Give it to me. Yeah, Jordan, this was not going to be close. LSU's going to cover the spread. You know, this ain't the same Auburn that, we, that, that we've seen throughout the years. Like, their coaches on the break are getting fired. They, they, they have terrible quarterback play. And, look, I think Brian Kelly's been doing a terrific job because every week I watch LSU, I feel like they get a little better every mm-hmm. week. And I think that trend continues. Expect LSU to be able to run the ball and run it well and look for Jaden Daniels to make some big plays. I think they win this game by two touchdowns in Auburn, and they get the coach fired. All right. James Mash, what do you think? I think if it was at Baton Rouge and at Tiger Stadium, I would I would believe it would probably be a two-touchdown game. But the fact that it's going to be at Jordan-Hare Stadium, I think it's going to be closer than we anticipate. So I'm, I'm definitely going to take the Tigers, but I think it's going to be closer than we anticipate. Okay, it all depends. Let me um, – can I can I make my – LSU's going to win the game. But can I make my prediction after I see the first quarter? Because if LSU gets ahead in the first quarter, I think they'll take the life out of Auburn. I think those fans will start hitting the exit turnstiles, and they'll start be – they'll, they'll be talking about the firing of Brian Harson more so than supporting their team. They'll turn. That's pivotal. What, what really makes me like LSU in this game is the head coach. If, if Les Miles was bringing LSU into Jordan-Hare, if Ed Orgeron was bringing LSU into Jordan-Hare, I'm not so sold on it. But this is a professional coach with a professional mindset. It's a business trip. They're going to go and walk through the stadium, get a little workout in on Saturday, do all those things. I don't think he lets them slip up. I just don't. Give me LSU. Give me uh, – I think it's a two-touchdown game at minimum – and I think Auburn's life is shoo, and Brian Harson gets fired after the game. Let's go to the pro ranks real quick before we run out of time, guys. Um, let's start with Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Boy, two, the game's going to be in Tampa. No hurricane. Everything's good. Um, Mahomes, Brady. Uh, what do you think, George? Jordan, I got to go with Brady on this one. I, I know his offense looks worse than Mahomes' offense, but I tell you what, his defense looks a lot better yeah. than Mahomes' defense looks. Like yeah, this, like Kansas boy. City can't stop a nosebleed. This is going to be a great shakeback game for Tampa in their weak offense. So I expect Tampa to score 20 for the first time this year and get a win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James, what do you think? I'm definitely going to be taking Tampa here as well. I mean, they, they played a high-caliber team in, in the Packers last week, and they only lost by two, and that was because of a delay of game. To me, you're actually getting your receivers back this week. Uh, I think this one's yeah. a good bounce back game, and you would go two and zero on the road, but be zero and two at home to start the season. I don't know; that would just be weird to me. Yeah, give me Brady uh, and the Bucks. That defense is really, really good. 
Um, that, that's really, really good. Boy, what a shame with Tua, huh? Golly. Injuries. Oh, yeah. Okay, real quick. We're running out of time. Buffalo at Baltimore. Give me a winner, George. Buffalo. James? Uh, I'm going Buffalo as well. Buffalo as well. All right, 830, early brunch. Get your mimosas ready. Get your Bloody Marys ready. Minnesota, New Orleans. Woo. No Jameis. Andy Dalton, what do you think? Red rifle over Kirk Cousins, baby. Who that? All right, James. Locking in New Orleans. We're going to have a controversy at quarterback on Monday. I love it. Let's go Saints, guys. Thank you. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine props from the same game and score to get an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday morning's game. A quick parlay that I made is taking the Saints money line, Taysom Hill for an anytime touchdown, and the New Orleans spread at plus three. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. My friends love to bet on FanDuel, and when your bet hits, you get paid your winnings fast. There's no better feeling than nailing a same-game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win with promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Go ahead, James Mesh. Way to go. All right, finishing touches here. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser with high school football. Kevin Skarbinski talking LSU-Auburn. George Faust for KLFY with the Cajuns. And then James and George and myself. If today is your birthday, September 30th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share it with former LSU football player Quinn Johnson, this is the last day of September. We'll be back Monday. It'll be October. My goodness. Enjoy. I hope all your teams win. I really do. I hope they all win. Um, it's been a great week. So thank you to all of you for listening. James, thank you for all you do. And thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy this weather. Go out and have some fun. Remember, stay thirsty, my friends. Be Stay healthy, right? Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And be happy. What's the alternative? Be happy. Have a great weekend. So long, everybody.